In today's show, we're looking back at an absolutely monster Wednesday in the NBA with 11 games on. Michael Bolton, he's a monster. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode of Locked On Fantasy Basketball is brought to you by McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty and affordable food. It's a place where friends and family from the community can come together. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. I'm also loving you guys making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. It is free and available on all platforms. Also check out your favorite team's Locked On show right across our network and also on YouTube. All right. We've got lots of stuff to talk about now, so let's talk about the news. Lowry Markkinen is in the COVID protocols. That's not great, is it? Um, he's going to miss you know, a bit of time, you'd think, to join Kevin Love in Lowry in Lowry po- protocols, in the COVID protocols for Cleveland. So their front court is a little bit diminished. We'll talk about Cleveland soon. Yucca Pertle is in COVID protocols for San Antonio. We'll talk about that soon as well with the Spurs game. Um... We'll see how all those minutes panned out. Tobias Harris is not only in COVID protocols, he's also COVID positive. And Doc Rivers says he's not feeling all that well. So we're going to be looking at you know, 10 days, two weeks minimum, I would think here for Toby, which is great for streaming in Georgian Yang and for Furkan Korkmaz and for the value of guys like Seth Curry, Tyrese Maxey, those sort of players who will get usage bumps. But Toby's going to be out a little while here. More Sixers news. Ben Simmons is still not mentally ready to return. I have no idea if he will return. I have no idea Yeah, if he's going to be for the Sixers. I honestly just don't know. Without injured reserve, it's almost impossible to hold on to Ben Simmons. You need an injured reserve slot to hold him. Um, hopefully, he is literally okay mentally. I, I, we've said this for ages. There's obviously something not right there, and that's part of the issues with the playoff stuff with him anyway. We just hope that he is okay, and I just want this situation to be settled, really. Davis Bertans sprained his ankle. He's not going to be day-to-day. He's going to be week-to-week. Not that that impacts much there, but with the Wizards also suffering an injury to Kyle Kuzma today and Rui Hachimura not available, I don't know who the hell their power forward is going to be. So do we get Gafford Harrell lineups? I don't know. It's going to be some weird stuff. More Denny Avdia? Something to watch. Donovan Mitchell is questionable with an ankle injury that he did hurt on Tuesday. He played out the game with it, played out the entire second half with that sore ankle and and put up some pretty good numbers. But yeah, it's, it's a worry that he's listed as questionable. Dylan Brooks, his return is imminent. I can't wait to be disgusted by the stuff that he does in the offense. It's going to be great to have him out there with a you know, 26 usage and 51 true shooting. That's going to be awesome. Can't wait for that to happen, but it is coming soon. In a points league, he is a must-grab. No, don't drop Melton. Don't drop Bain. We want to see how they coexist. In a category league, I'm a little bit lukewarm on adding um, on adding Brooksy, but it's an option. And just, just before I went to air and recorded this, some news came out on TJ Warren. He's out of his boot. He's not going to be back in days. He's going to be still weeks away, but I think not months. So to me, that's like six to seven weeks 
which pushes us close to Christmas for Tony Warren's return. So if you do have TJ Warren, that's sort of the expectation, I guess. The most traded player in the last 24 hours is the one and only Maga Porter Jr., who we know has struggled massively this season with shooting percentages, which are going to come up. Usage, not sure if it's going to come up. And just general lackadaisical effort. These are the trades that have gone down for Porter recently. For Jarrett Allen. It's a massive buy low on Porter if you believe the value that we thought he could have at the start of the season, which I'm not sure he's going to have anymore. I still probably would prefer Porter, but that's not... The way Allen's playing, the way Porter's playing, there's a decent chance that Allen is better than Porter this year. For Gordon Haywood, that's an interesting one. That's an interesting one. I would take Porter there. For Miles Bridges, I would take Bridges every day of the week. We, we did a Watfo. That was the first Watfo that Miles Bridges finishes ahead of uh, Maga Porter in fantasy rankings. I'll take Bridges there. And for Terry Rogier, I think that's a pretty interesting one as well. I probably would take the upside of Porter. I don't think Rogier has that level of upside. But there's still a, like a 50-50 chance Rogier ends up the better player this year. But I probably would lean. Who would you take? If you are on, on YouTube here, drop the comment below. Allen or Porter, Haywood or Porter, Bridges or Porter, or Rogier or Porter. Sorry for all of the hornets there, Haywood, Bridges, and Rogier. Didn't realize that until just now. Um, but you can go and uh, drop drop in the comments below which side of those deals you would end up taking. It's time for Watfo. Again, shout out to Nate Duncan and Danny LaRue, who did um, yeah, popularize, popularize? Yeah, popularize the Watfo um, segment. On in basketball world on their Dunked On podcast. And uh, you know, Nate graciously let me use the segment here as well. So my Watfo for today, thanks to Adam Farr, who um, who put that out for me in the YouTube comments. And for tomorrow's Watfo, drop that in the whatever you want in the YouTube comments below. His Watfo was a double barreler. He said, what are the odds that Scotty Barnes wins the Rookie of the Year and finishes in the top 50 for fantasy? Barnes is the 76th ranked player at the moment. Um, I think the fact that it's a double barrel, it's a double barrel, you've got to have two parts to hit, it's already below 50% for me because you've got to have both of those things hit. I don't think that he will... Which one of those two is most likely? Probably Rookie of the Year. I don't think he finishes top 50. And I think when all is said and done, he will not win Rookie of the Year, but he probably be, is going to be top three. I still think Mobley has been better. And then you still got Cade to hopefully play better. Jalen Green can improve. I think he's going to be right up there. But winning both of those is tough. I will say 12% is the odds of Scotty Barnes winning the Rookie of the Year and being top 50 in a category league per game basis based on my ranks. So thank you, Adam Farr, for leaving that Watfo down below. Now, normally this is the time in the show where I would do um, you know, the most added and dropped players. But I'm not going to do it uh, on today's show because we just did a waiver wire show a few hours ago. So it's pretty pointless to see you know, a trickle of guys coming. We'll go back to that tomorrow and do the ads and drops there. But if you want to see the most added and dropped players, go check out this morning's or the earlier in today's waiver wire show and you will get uh, the full details there. But what you can also get the full details on is the best place to place your bets for football and basketball and any other sport. And that is, of course, the new and updated website of betonline.ag. BetOnline is the number one spot for all of your basketball action this NBA season. So head to that new updated site, make your first deposit, and you get a 50% welcome bonus by using our promo code LOCKEDON. From basketball, football, 
NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all of the great offers that BetOnline has for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline is where the game starts. Getting all of the parts that are available for all of the makes and models of cars into a local chain auto parts store is impossible. There's just too many of them. And it's an unpleasant experience going to one of those stores, not maybe not knowing what you're doing or having to wait to talk to the bloke behind the counter just so he can rip you off. Who wants to deal with that? Go to rockauto.com. Rock Auto is a family business serving online do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Whether it's brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, or even new carpet, Rock Auto has everything that you could need to help fix your own car. So go there, rockauto.com. Check out their catalog for everything you need for your car. And once you've filled up your basket, in there, how did you hear about us box? Right, locked on. So that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Okay, let's look at game one in the NBA. The Cleveland Cavaliers. They do it again, beating the Portland Trailblazers. 107-104. Let's start with Rob Covington. 30 minutes is encouraging, and it starts off the box score looking shit. Six points. But two threes, seven rebounds, three steals, and a block. That is the Rob Covington special. You know, I've said it a million times that every time that he starts off slow, he comes back strong. Is this another one of those times? I don't know. I am not 100% convinced that he is going to turn it around and go back to being a top 80 player. If you want to hold him, by all means. If you want to drop him, by all means. Larry Nance... I thought there was a chance with Covington struggling that we'd just see more of Nance. We've got a little bit more, but his revenge game ended in zero points in 21 minutes with five rebounds and two assists, and he is now the 197th ranked player. It is very hard, given his role, his minutes, for me to look at him as a must-roster player, and I think limited upside. Let's talk Damian Lillard, who on the surface, 26-3-8 with two steals, is a really, really good line. Lillard's the 70th ranked player this season. Why? Because nothing goes in. 37% from the field on 27 attempts, 60% from the line. He was 3 of 12 from deep, and at the end, he just had horrific sequence after horrific sequence. You know, front rim to three, went up for a layup, and Evan Mobley just Jack Armstronged him, really. It was it was weird. Get that garbage out of here! Mobley just smashed it out. He just looked like he couldn't do anything. Now, I don't know if the uh, abdominal issue, which he keeps denying is bothering him, is bothering him. But something's wrong. You can tell me he's had slumps like this in his career before, but he hasn't. Not really to this level and this extensive. Something's off. I don't know what it is. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. It's really frustrating with Nurkic because we see it. We see him play. We see the Blazers be better when he is out there. And we hear Chauncey Billups say shit in the preseason like... Well, we're going to change things, Nurk. We're going to get you more involved. You're a key part of the offense, which honestly should be true because he is. And then we see this nonsense that's going on. It's not really a minutes issue, like, or he can't play his minutes because he got 28 of them, but six points on seven shots with nine rebounds and two assists. He's just struggling along. Now, it's not like he's struggling along like Maga Porter or Darren Fox. He's still a top 90 player. But I'd like two to three more minutes and just give him a couple more shots. He was really, really good today. And as soon as he went off the court, when they'll put Zeller and Nance out there, that is got pummeled. 
it is a frustrating scenario. I am holding on to Yusuf Nurkic. McCollum had 21 points on some bad shooting, but seven rebounds and six assists is all right. Well, Simons did his thing, 15 points. He also did his thing with zero rebounds and one assist. He is a points and threes option with not a huge amount else. On to the Cavs. They were without Larry Markinen and Kevin Love and Isaac Okoro. Darius Garland was great. 19 points, five threes, 10 assists. You know, I really like Garland. He's a top 50 player now this season. That's great. Well, Jarrett Allen played 40 minutes with all those big men out, 24 and 17. Now, he has been wildly inconsistent, but getting these sort of games is awesome. Sexo did his thing, which is 21 points, three rebounds, and two assists, and no defensive stats, but it's good to at least see the shots go in and for him to play 33 minutes. I guess part of that is because of the absences of Mark and Okoro. While Dylan Windler got hot, had 13 points, he had nine in about two minutes, I think. Three threes in this game in 21 minutes. He does have an opportunity with those guys out, but I wouldn't care too much. In general, I'd expect them to go more to uh, the discman, Chetty Osman, who had 12 points in 17 minutes. But very low minutes for Osman, especially when you're burning 23 of them playing Dean Wade for God knows what reason. Wade, a power forward, started at small forward when you've got a perfectly capable small forward out there in Osman or Windler. Just a poor decision, I think, in the end, but in the end, they win. Rick Rubio. We knew the numbers were going to come down. They have just tanked zero points on seven shots. He had seven assists and a steal. That's how we view him as a steals and assists guy. It's still must roster, but that early surge has really, really come back. And you know, it's, it's not something that's unexpected from ravishing Rick Rubio. This one was unexpected. The Pacers comfortably bing-bong the Knicks, 111 to 98. Bad showing from the Knicks. And I think if you do have Julius Randle, the trajectory, you'd be a bit worried, I reckon. Um, it's not going It's not going particularly well. We worried a bit with Randall if he'd see fewer assists and smaller usage, and maybe that would mean his efficiency would go up. Unfortunately, it hasn't meant that. His efficiency hasn't really gone up, 38% here. He had 18 and 14, but yeah, below average field goals, below average free throws. He's 20th now. But remember, 20th is fine, but... He was like the second or first-ranked player for the first week and a half. So it is tumbling. Mitchell Robinson blocked three shots in the first five minutes and then um, blocked no more for the game. He took one shot. He hit it, but he took one. Again, it's very hard to label him as guaranteed must-roster. Nerland's Noel did return. Noel is big man Matisse Thibel. You roster him to get defensive stats, and that's it. If you don't need him, you don't need him. But don't be skewed by rankings of someone like Noel because high steals, high blocks really puts guys higher up in the rankings than probably their overall value determines they should. As for Kemba, 18% shooting is dreadful. He had 4-4-4 four, four, and four, while Rowan Barrett had 23 points. And again, that looks good, but it came on 40% shooting with 71 from the line with no steals, no blocks, five rebounds and three assists. And this is why at times he can be up and down for category leagues. He's been scoring really well. And prior to this game, the two prior to this were really good shooting numbers. But when that drops off in line with his career numbers, and then there's the, the peripherals aren't quite there. He should still be rostered everywhere, but people are looking at him. I someone someone to tell me that he's Jalen Brown. Like he's not. He's not. Like there's just not enough. But I understand that Jalen Brown did suffer some inefficiency issues early in his career, much like Barrett, with a lack of those defensive sets, and that's why Brown was always outside the top 100. And he did take those big steps forward. Whether Barrett can do that, that still remains to be seen. But he was not. Not at his greatest here with the overall fantasy line, but the scoring was good. Fournier had 14 points in 29 minutes, while Alec Burks added three steals and a block and a little bit of a cameo performance. Now, on to the Pacers. This was a team where I had a lot of question marks about them heading into the season. I just didn't know how things were going to work. 
I still don't know how things are going to work. Demontis Sabonis, who, like Julius Randle, was right at the top of the rankings early on. And another poor performance. He's down to 16th now, but remember, this is a guy that was right up there early on, on the back of like 41 minutes a game, but it's coming down. And we didn't know whether Rick Carlisle would just put the ball in Sabonis' hands the way that Bjorkren did. And the answer to that at this point would have to be no. 10 and 7 in 34 minutes, only three assists, no defensive stats, eight shot attempts. It's trending in the wrong direction. Yeah, I was much more out on Sabonis again than others were this year because I just had that, I was scared of what Carlisle would do in that offense. And we'll see. Big game from Miles Turner, but he could play 20 minutes next game. 25 and 13, seven triples, one steal, three blocks. Just a huge, huge game. But who knows where it goes. And then it's always smart for a bloke with a history of lower body injuries and muscle injuries to come back in a very short time frame from a muscle strain, a hamstring strain, in fact, to then play 36 minutes in his first game back. That is absolutely has to be ticked off by all the medical people. For sure, they would have agreed with that. Um, 17, 8 and 7 for Malcolm Brogdon in 36 minutes. Anytime shit like this happens, I'm scared. This guy pings stuff all the time and you bring him back early and play him 36 minutes. It's irresponsible, Rick. Fix it. It's great for fantasy, but might not be long-term. Karis Levert moved into the starting lineup and it was Justin Holiday who moved to the bench and not Chris Duarte. Uh, um, oh, I don't know what happened there. Levert had 21, 2, and 5 with three blocks. But as usual, he's going to Kevin Porter your percentages. He was bad from the field and he was bad from the line. This is just what he's going to do. Don't think... Um, don't think that he's going to change a huge amount because that's just who he's always been. Duarte, the minutes were still fine, but we have seen since game one, just a constant drop-off. 10 points, two threes, two steals, five rebounds. And when Tony Warren is back, I think Duarte goes into being a not roster rule player. Now, Warren won't be back probably till say, 1st of December and maybe not at full strength till January. So we've still got time, but not an encouraging first time out playing alongside Brogdon and Levert. Also, I was very worried about how Rick Carlisle would view TJ McConnell. He played 17 minutes. He had six assists, and he said he's got a sore wrist after the game, but there just has not been any evidence to me for McConnell to maintain a must-roster 12-team league guy. At some point, we have to forget what happened last year. It's a very, very different set of circumstances. Oh, but just wait till he gets going. But maybe he doesn't get going, because everything here has told me that Carlisle does not view him the same as Bjorkren did. Plus, there's different players on this team. I might be wrong on that, but I'd be very happy personally to cut bait on um, on Timothy John and get some other value in there through the uh, through the old waiver wire. Today's episode of Locked On Fantasy Basketball is brought to you by McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty and affordable food. It's a place where you know it's this there in your community. You can go there, use their free Wi-Fi. You go there to catch up with friends after you've taken your kids to sport. Or you remember coming there after your sporting events as a kid. Or you go there for birthday parties. Or you go there to catch up and grab a quick coffee or whatever it is. McDonald's is always there in the community. So... Why don't you head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. Sort of. All right, let's go on to the next game. That is the wrong game. Oh, no, we had our first real screw-up there. I'm just going to go and fix that because that was embarrassing. Let's bring back the correct game. Thank you. The Toronto Raptors. They're flying, guys. They're flying. They beat the rap. They beat the Wizards 109-100. Freddles Van Vliet, slow start, but cracking at the moment. 33-3-6 with a steal and a block on 59% shooting. While the Jedi, OG Ananobi, 
But what about Scarf? OG. Balenciaga stop ones. OG. Uh, you better stop OG. 21 and 5, three steals, a block, three threes. Yes, there's no Siakam and no Barnes, but these guys are rolling. Well, Gaz Trent. Gary Trent. Nice, Gary! 15 points, two threes, three steals. The steal rate remains amazing. I have, have less, less convinced about the shooting remaining. Like, and it was bad here, 38%. But the steals have been great. If he keeps those steals up, he has value. That's really the key thing here. They did continue to start the big sneeze, Precious Achua. He played 26 minutes. He had 6, 10, and 4, which is not a bad game until you look that he shot 22% from the field. He was also benched to start the second half, but then Ken Birch got into foul trouble, so Achua came back on. So Birch played only 22 minutes. I do not have any issue with dropping Precious Achua, the 250th ranked player this season. He might. Nick Nurse again said at the start, oh, he earned that spot in, in uh, training camp. And as I said on the live stream today, who was he battling against in training camp? Because Ken Birch wasn't there. He he Jian Liangde against the chair. There was no. He wasn't going against anyone for the starting spot. So he won it. That's cool. And he's going to hold on to it, apparently. That doesn't mean you need to roster him for fantasy. The wiki, Chris Boucher, 17 minutes. Guys, you just got to drop him. He's rostered in far too many leagues. You know that I was down on him heading into this season. Uh, I'm more down now. He's got to go. You can't You can't be bothered rostering him now. There's just no point to it. While for the Wizards, there was no Rui Hachimura. There was no Davis Bertans. And then Kyle Kuzma went out. Maybe he should have gone out earlier because he had two points on one of 10 shooting. He went out with an arm contusion. If he is out... It's going to have to be Avdia who starts at the four. Now, Denny's not playing particularly well himself, 11 and 6, but it could be some stream value there in 14 team leagues. Beal had 25, 7 and 7, while we got 27 minutes of Montrez Harold. Now, he put up numbers, 15 and 10 with three blocks, but this is what he does. It was helped by him going 9 of 10 from the line, but those 34-minute nights, they're done. They're a thing of the past. Gafford played 21. He had 9 and 4. I am still holding Gafford. I'd like to see if a little bit more come defensively, but I am holding. Well, Dinwiddie... Um, yeah, I, he was on my sell high show and uh, the last two games have been bad, which uh, I guess justifies me having him there. 12-2-3 with two triples for uh, Spencer. We don't drop him or anything like that, but uh, it was pretty hard for me to see a scenario in which he was able to continue playing at the level that he was before. So let's go on to the next game. It is the Boston Celtics and the Orlando Magic. The Celtics win at 92-79 after their players-only meeting. Um, Boston were up big and then Magic came back and then Boston had to put their starters back in for a bit. Let's talk Al Horford, who continues to dominate. Al Horford is, unbelievably, the 10th ranked player this year. 12 and 12, 7 assists, 1 steal, 3 blocks. I don't know how he's doing it. I don't know how it's going to continue. But maybe it does. He's, he's ridiculously good. He's doing everything. He looks like, at times, the Celtics' best player. It's really confusing. So I, I don't think he's a sell high for this very reason. You won't get back value anywhere close to what he's currently doing. I don't know how to value him. No one else does. So just enjoy it. Just ride it out. JB, you've done it again. Jalen Brown had 28 points in 32 minutes. While Jason Tatum, just a gigantic buy low. He cannot hit anything. He looks horrendous. He looks like the guy that I was worried about heading into um, out, out, out of his draft year, right? where I was like, oh, what? I'm not sure about this guy. It just looks like very average right across the board. And then he just went gigantically high on usage with high efficiency. And the high usage is stuck, but the efficiency is gone. 14 and 6 with a steal and two blocks on 25% and 63 from the line. He is so far out of his comfort zone and he's taking bad shots. It's just whack at the moment. And I don't know why I said whack, but yeah, there you go. He is a huge buy low. 
Dennis Schroeder, last two games, eight points in this one in 26. Last two games have been terrible is what I meant to say. Eight points in 26 minutes, 36% shooting. He did really jump up. I'm not convinced he's going to remain must roster with everyone healthy. While the Rock DJ had 12 and 6 and a block, and Marcus Smart had 8, 4, and 4 with a steal and a block. Smart continues to struggle with shooting the ball. It's just horrendous, but he is providing value in other areas. Not much else to talk about, though, with the Celtics. On to the Magic. Just a horrific scoring night overall, just 79 points. But Wendell Carter Jr. had 13 and 13 with two steals and two threes and four assists. This is the Wendell Carter Jr. that I really loved in the draft at Chicago and shit all over you know, Boylan for not playing him and for and, and ruining his confidence. And we're finally seeing it. I think they will start Carter over Bumba when Isaac returns, but he is putting together the promise that I thought he had. Bumba was all right here. Five points on 17% shooting is dreadful, but 10 rebounds, two steals, and a block's all right. While it wasn't a great game from Franz Wagner, just nine and three, but he remains a hold. I, I still think if, if you draft a rookie... Draft a rookie guard late. You've got to be patient. You've got to know this is happening. Suggs had 10 points on 29% with three rebounds and two assists. He's the 176th ranked player. But if you draft him, I think you just got to hold. If you want to drop him, I don't think there's any problem with doing it if you want to. I personally wouldn't because I know what I'm investing in. I'm investing in a guy that hopefully pushes into the top 70 in December. But we're not there yet. Shumura Kiki had six points in 19 minutes. I'm not sure he's going to be worth a 12-team spot. While finally, Cole Anthony cooled off. 13 points on 22% with five rebounds and four assists. He'd been playing out of his mind. Again, the unknown of what happens when Fultz returns. Magic people still tend to think that Fultz will get that starting spot back. But I don't know. You just got to hold um, Cole and go with it from there. Terrence Ross had eight points in 29 minutes. There was no Gary Harris in this game. Let's go on to the Chicago Bulls and the Philadelphia 76ers. The Sixers win at 103.98. The Bulls, as usual, started slow, yep, which they always do, and then fought back into it late. But you know, it was a little bit too, a um, little bit too late for that to actually mean anything. 103.98. Demar Rosen continues to be unbelievable. 37 and 10. He's taking tons of shots. He gets to the line a lot. He didn't hit any threes in this game, and his assists were down, but really excellent scoring. Well, Lonzo had 13, 5, and 5, three steals in a block, which is a great fantasy line. And Levine, he's still bothered by that thumb, clearly, but the numbers are fine, 27 and 9. Let's talk about uh, the big fella. It's Vucevic. Vucevic. Nikola Vucevic is the 52nd-ranked player this year. Four points, 10 rebounds, and six assists. I have full confidence that his field goal percentage will start to come back up. It's really, really bad. What I am not confident in is his usage. Again, he was a guy that some people were looking to take at the beginning of the second round, which was insane to me. But he was in that mix of guys at the end of the second round where I go, I hate this spot. There's just so much uncertainty with all these players. The usage, I didn't fully... And everyone I talked to, it was like, well, Vooch isn't taking a step back. It'll be him and Levine and the others will fit around. But it's definitely Vooch who's taking a step back. It's DeRozan and Levine dominating and Vooch is right back there. I would not be viewing him as a top top 20 guy, probably not top 30 guy, even though I do expect his shooting numbers to improve. Alex Caruso is this year's TJ McConnell, I think. Six assists and two steals. He's going to get a big role most games. Well, Derek Jones Jr. added two steals and two blocks, and he can provide value in those categories. Javante Green added two steals in his 23 minutes as well. For the Sixers, no Toby Harris, no Dan Green, no Ben Simmons, and a below-average Joel Embiid, who had 18, 9, and 7. He did have a game-saving block. 
But you know, 33% shooting on 18 attempts and 5 of 9 from the field is a disaster. He's the 35th ranked player in beat. We'll see whether he plays tomorrow. It is a back-to-back. He has played in one back-to-back set already. So we'll see. Seth Curry, 22, 5, and 3. While everyone's out, he's got great value. But once everyone's back, then the value disappears. The painter, Matisse Thibel, played 38 minutes for three steals and two blocks. The two threes are a bonus. The eight points are a bonus. You're just having him for those defensive stats. Well, Georgie Niang, another great game. 18 in 32 minutes, four triples. He probably should be rostered in the short term. Same with Furkan, who had 11 and 5 in a triple one. Both of those guys have short-term 12-team league value. Not a great night from Maxi, 14 points and six assists without hitting a three. But with everyone out, again, he still remains a rosterable player. Who knows what the hell happens with Ben Simmons. And this is the sort of game that I was worried about if you hold Andre Drummond. Now, if Embiid is out, Drummond's great. But two, five, and three in 14 minutes, yeah, having a guy that plays 14 minutes majority games, it is hard. It is hard to justify that as must roster. But I think with Embiid struggling, a back-to-back coming, we still hold Drummond just for just for the short term uh, at this point. The Atlanta Hawks and the Brooklyn Nets. Um, Nets get the win. 117-108. Best game of the season by a mile by DeAndre Hunter. Really, really good. Hunter had 26 points with six threes. Now, before we start going the double-handed Danish backhand, he shot 91%. He still only took 11 shots. So say he goes 5 of 11, then he's probably like 14 points with two rebounds and zero assists, and we're all out there going saying, oh, that's shit house. So don't be fooled. 91% is not going to happen. He won't hit six threes or 26 points. If you want to have him in a 12-team league, by all means, but I just don't think he's going to push and blow through the top 120 or anything like that. Capella looks like he's back third after I gave him a rev up, rev up on the sell high, or buy low show, so, yeah, show sorry. 13 and 16 and 33 minutes. Well, the Baptists, big minutes for Johnny. 37 minutes, 13 and 12, one steal, two blocks. A little bit inefficient, but good numbers nonetheless. And Trey had 21, 9 and 10. Unfortunately, he shot 27%, which is ghastly. Fanta Pants played 23 minutes for 16 points, while Cam Reddish, only 19 minutes for Reddish. Now, he's been playing really well. He did not play really well here. Two points in 19 minutes on one of six shooting. I think he's absolutely okay if you want him at the end of your roster, but what he was doing earlier this season was completely unsustainable. And when Hunter got hot, we saw the reddish minutes push down and the shots just didn't fall. So don't be expecting the huge, huge thing. Like he's absolutely fine to grab and this is one down game, but it does leave you to, well, these are some worries about where this can all go with him. It was a poor start to the game from Jimmy Harden, but he ended with 16, 4 and 11, a steal and a block and five triples. He's still the 13th ranked player this year, while Durant had 32, 7, and 5, a steal and a block. I don't think Harden's fully right from his hamstring. He's still a, a bit of a way off there, but um, it's good to see that. Joe Harris hit six triples. That was all of his 18 points. Don't make that think... Don't make that... Uh, don't make... It, what am I trying to say? Don't add him. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. I don't think this is anything that we look at and go, well, oh, Joe Harris is back. Okay, yes, he got some good looks. He hit some shots, but he's a three-point specialist. That's really it. Aldridge had a stinker, and Paddy Mills also stunk. Actually, that's not true. Mills didn't stink. He was 14-3-6 with four threes. But those guys are absolutely fringe guys and streamers, not must-rosters. While the Shark, Bruce Brown. Two steals and a block. That's why you have Brownie. He's a fringe 12-team league guy, while Bembry's role obviously has dropped off with the return of Paul Millsap, who played 12 minutes in his return from paternity leave. All right, Nick, let's go to the next game. 
The Clippers on the road, big win for them, beating the Minnesota Timberwolves 126-115. Paulie George was great once more, 32-6-8. Still in the block, he remains excellent, third-ranked player this year. Finally, the shots went down for Reggie Jackson. This is what I've been talking about, why I would continue to hold Reggie, because he's getting a lot of minutes and a lot of shots, and at some point, they're going to go down. 29-5-8 with seven threes. They won't go down at this level, that's 61%, but it's super encouraging. While Batum also had six threes for 20 points, Terrence Mann had a hard fall, hurt his ass, his tailbone, sorry, coccyx. Uh, 17 points for him, probably his best game of the year. I, I wouldn't be you know, rushing necessarily to add him, but that was solid. While Bledsoe had seven assists, a steal, and a block, and six triples, he probably is a drop, while Canard struggled for five points. Big minutes for Ivica Zubats, 34 of them, in fact. 10 and 6 with a steal and a block. That's solid, but when you're playing 34 minutes, I'd like a little bit more. I do not think that Zubats, the 244th ranked player, is uh, is worthy of being a 12-team league rosterable player. Not much else to talk about here with the Clippers, I don't think. For the Wolves, Goose, Anthony Edwards. He did have a trip to the locker room with a knee issue, but returned, played 38 minutes, had 28, 3, and 6, 3 steals and a block. A really, really good game. And Townsie had 18, 11, and 3 with 4 steals. Big games from those two. While Patrick Beverly, in his revenge game against his former team, had 10 points. He also had 10 rebounds and 8 assists, and he is a short-term ad for sure, without D'Angelo Russell. Beasley, I like him as a short-term ad as well, 14 points and 4 threes, while Vanderbilt moved to the bench, but played the same minutes, because Josh Okogie, honestly, is not really an NBA rotation player. Okogie started, played 11 minutes, he did have 11 points, but he's just not good out there. And Vanderbilt had 8 rebounds with 13 points. If you're looking for rebounds, Vanderbilt is that guy, while McDaniels, it's very hard to have him rostered. In fact, he's a clear Jack Armstrong, I reckon. If I can find it. Yes, let's go. Yeah, he can be dropped. Five points with a three, a rebound, and a steal for Jaden McDaniels. Obviously, not very good stuff going on there with him. If you want to talk not very good stuff, let's talk about the Denver Nuggets. They lose to the Grizzlies 108-106. Maga Porter Jr. had a stellar 12 points. At least he hit his shots, 50% of them, but no threes, no assists, one steal, zero blocks, 11 boards, missed his only free throw continues to be shithouse. The 173rd ranked player, he is a buy low, but do not view him as a second round guy or a third round guy, maybe even a fourth round guy. I'm looking at him as a guy maybe, like he just seems so disinterested. And Barton and Jokic are the guys running this team. Big Chungus had 34 and 11 with two threes. He's the number one player again. Farton Will Barton had 26, three and seven, two steals, a block and four triples. Barton is available in leagues. I don't know why, please roster him. Well, Aaron Gordon, who'd been playing pretty well, dropped off a bit here. Nine points with two blocks. And how about the big Steffi? Boner. Bones Highland. Nine points, 21 minutes, four rebounds, three assists. He's not coming just yet for 12-team value. But he might be just putting the tip in. He might be there. Just watch him. I'd add him in 16-team leagues. I would watch him in 14-teamers. And I would I would heavily watch in 12s, just, just to see where it's going. Because Monty Morris isn't the answer. Faku's not the answer. Austin Rivers has already been determined to not be the answer. He's out of the rotation. Watch for the big stiffy. He's coming. 21 minutes. That's more minutes than Campazzo. It's more minutes than Doja. It's more minutes than Jeff Green. It's more minutes than Jermichael. And it's closing in towards Monty. Keep an eye on Bones. Jaron Jackson, guys. The Bilo window slammed. Slammed. Closed. 22 and 8. 5 triples. 3 blocks. 30 minutes. Some of this shit is just, it's easy like to look at. Like, is a guy a buy low? Is he shooting 30%? Will that continue? No. 
There you go. Now, I still have worries about his foul trouble, and he'll have some bad nights. But for all of the handering, oh, man, this guy, kids cover, he's got fucking sucks. Fucking useless. Useless. He's terrible. And he makes some dumb decisions, and sometimes his basketball IQ looks terrible. But he's a 70th ranked player, despite all of this nonsense. He's ranked, like, one spot behind Damian Lillard. I don't know, we've been complaining about Lillard as well. Bilo's done. 10 points, two threes for De'Anthony Melton, three assists, one steal, and two blocks. That's what he does. While Desmond Bain had 16 with three threes in 29 minutes. Dylan Brooks is coming back. I'm scared shitless, but we'll see. Zaya Williams had 11 points in 24 minutes. Good bounce back from Zaya, because last game he was rough. While Jamarant, boys, sheesh. He's down now to the 12th ranked play, which is still good. 18, 6, and 6. This very much looks like Jamarant from last year. Now, he didn't hit a three. Only 18 points. He had three steals, which is not like last year, but he went two of seven from the line. He was 50% from the field. Missed all of his threes. How many did he take? Two. That's the worry, is that he starts not taking those threes that he was earlier on this year. Where is Jar going to end up this season? I don't know. But the last couple of games have been a little bit of a glimpse into maybe it hasn't all been quite figured out yet. He had a crazy layup in this game. He's still one of the most fun players to watch in the league. But maybe he hasn't figured it out to be a top 10 fantasy guy yet. So he was always going to be that sell high option if anyone wanted to buy in of him being a top 10, top 12 guy. But yeah, interesting. Steve Adams had 8 and 8 in 30 minutes with four assists. He is really dropping down. Still holding him. But I reckon if we revisit that in two weeks we may not be. Everything is trending down towards um, Pelicans, Stephen Adams, which is not a good thing. All right, let's go on to the next game. The Dallas Mavericks squeak out a win against the Spurs, 109-108, and it was the burner, Jalen Brunson, once again. 31 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, and 2 steals. He's got to be rostered. He was 15 attempts from the line. Now, this will drop off, of course, but he's playing great. Great game from Timmy Hardaway as well. 23-6 and six with 3 triples. While Doncic had 23-12-7 with 3 steals as Obi gets up and needs to investigate what's going on. Doncic missed his first two free throws of the night and then didn't take another one all, all, all day, which was uh, pretty weird. Still no news on Porzingis, which is frustrating. Finney Smith had four points on 25% shooting. The shooting will improve from him, but he's only a fringe guy anyway. But he had two steals and a block, which was nice. While Boban, 15-minute cameo from Boban, 17-5 and on 80%. They really just couldn't stop him. And Sterling Brown tripped in with a triple one in 19 minutes. Not much else there going on for the Mavs, I don't think. While for the Spurs, there was no Yucca Pertle, of course, out in COVID protocols. So they started Drew Eubanks. He had three blocks and 10-5. and five. That's worth looking at in 12-team leagues. I also think Thad Young is worth looking at. Eight and six with two steals and two blocks. But it was Devin Vassell who really impressed. Again, he looked great. 21 points, 31 minutes, three threes, two blocks, 75% shooting. This is with Doug McDermott back. I really, really value Vassell. I think he's a really good player, and they should be persisting with him starting. Whether they do or not remains to be seen, but he should be rostered at this stage. Derek White had 19, 3 and 3, while DeJounte Murray continued to play at an extremely high level. Uh, Murray had 23 and 9, 8 assists, 2 steals, and 1 block, and hit his free throws. Really good game there. Well, Lonnie Walker, I think, can be dropped 5 points, but he did, in very un-Lonnie Walker-style fashion, have 6 assists, 2 steals, and a block. Keldon Johnson had 16 points on 39% shooting. He had 0 threes, 1 assist, 1 steal, 0 blocks, and 6 rebounds. In points leagues, he's fine to hold. 
In category leagues, he just hurts you in too many areas, I think, to be a must-roster player. People always get at me for this, and I've said it before. Man, oh, you, mate, what are you talking about? You should never drop Keldon Johnson. He's a must-roster player. And the same thing happened with Aaron Gordon last year. And they're the same sort of players. There's just not enough positives and too many negatives for them to be consistent fantasy category league players. In points leagues, sure. But in category leagues, they just don't do enough. I like to see Kelton hit some threes, hit some free throws, hit some field goals, get some assists, get some steals, get some blocks. Points are one category. And that's really the only one that he does well in. So I think that you are much better off using that spot for streaming versus holding Kelton and expecting him to do something that he's never done in his career, really in college or in the NBA. McDermott had two points in his return. Just, man, just start for sell. Just start for sell. That's what they should do. And that is why I'm, I mean, I've got some hope for Devin to be a guy to continue to hold because there is that pretty clear need there uh, and pretty clear opportunity for him to get those minutes over Dougie McDirt. All right, let's go on to this next game. We're looking at the New Orleans Pelicans and the Sacramento Kings. The Kings win at 112.99. No Brandon Ingram again, no Herb Jones, no Zion Williamson. So Devontae Graham had 16 points with seven assists. He was pretty good. Bit of a down night from um, your mate Jonas Valanciunas. Jonas Vasilinoansas. Just shot poorly, 39%, but 14 and 11 is fine. While Garrett Temple had 12 and 9 with two blocks in a spot start. I don't know why they persist with starting him. They're not going anywhere. Just play Trey Murphy. This bloke's 35 years old. I don't need to see him out there for that long, but those numbers are okay. So I guess in a deeper league, you could consider streaming if you need it. Yeah, Nikhil Alexander-Walker is always going to be rough with the shooting, but 44% is an improvement for him. He had 16 points with four assists, and Josh the Hitman Hart struggled for 9-3 and 2, although I do believe... That heart can be a short-term guy. And for all of the talk about Trey Murphy and for all of his great performances in, in the preseason, he's been bad. He hasn't been used much by Willie Green. He just hasn't worked at all. It's weird. Considering how good he was and how much it looked like they needed him. And now he's just like, all right, you're just nothing. It's been a very, very weird change. For the Kings, Tyrese Halliburton is killing it. 20 and 4, 7 assists, 4 steals, 2 blocks. That is a monstrous game. While the pencil, Harrison Barnes... Barnsy. 23 and 8, four triples. He just got red hot after Rashawn Holmes was ejected, and Holmes was ejected. He had 12 and 6 in his 16 minutes. Um, Holmes, not Holmes, Barnsy, 39 minutes. He is going to drop off. I feel pretty confident about that, but he can be a top 50 player. While Alex Len filled in pretty well for Holmes, 12 and 5 with three blocks. It looks like he has taken over the backup spot from Thompson, but there will be some ups and downs in that. Big minutes again for Flaming Mo Harkless, who had three points with a triple one. He can be a defensive stat streamer, while Davion Mitchell, eight assists is very encouraging. 12 points is all right. Like, he's getting better. It's still not quite there for fantasy leagues. While Darren Fox, is it getting better? Well, yes. 19 points, five assists, but most importantly, 57% shooting. Still only one steal and two threes, so he's still not anywhere near where we need him to be. At least some signs of some shots going in is encouraging based on yeah, some of the garbage he'd been chucking up before that. While it was an absolute stinker from Bud Hill, just 11 points in 23 minutes. He shot really poorly and didn't contribute much else. But I think we can give him a bit of a pass considering how well he had been playing up until this game. The last game of the night, the Warriors comfortably handle the Hornets. I thought this game would be a lot closer. But on the good side, Miles Bridges played 38 minutes. He had 32 points, 9 rebounds, 5 threes, 2 steals, and 2 blocks. And this guy has been amazing. I I really thought he'd be a breakout player like two years ago. And I had no expectation of him doing this this year at all. But this has been unbelievable. He's what, the 11th ranked player? I think it'll go up after today. I... 
I feel pretty good about that Watfo we did earlier in the season about him finishing ahead of Porter. He's amazing. Gordon Haywood, good to see that. After two games under 30 minutes, he played 37 and had 23 and 11. While it was a bit of a stinker from Rogier, five points on 17%. Now, he will be better than this, but that was one of the key things I stressed about Rogier in the offseason is he shot 10 percentage points better from two-point range than at any point in his career, and that might regress. It has so far, but let's wait and see. Plumlee had seven and four, while PJ Washington suffered an elbow hyperextension, um, seven and five. Again, still not enough minutes for us to really care. And if this injury sidelines him for a long time, then he's a clear drop, as is Ubre, who was hashtag revenge gaming all over the Warriors here. Zero points in 13 minutes on 0 of 4 shooting. You can drop him in 12 team leagues. While LaMelo Ball, just haven't spoken about him yet, 14, five and eight with four steals. Not his best night, but definitely not bad, and he remains a top 20 player. Well, finally, Jordan Poole. About time, my guy. 31 points, seven threes, four steals. We worry about what happens later on, but live in the moment, man. He's a 12-team league guy for now. Steph had 15, eight, and nine, and how about the mitten? Gary Payton, the second. 14 points, three steals, a block. This bloke was waived before the season and then brought back after he cleared waivers. Really good numbers for him while Moses Moody and John Kaminga aren't playing. Damo Lee had 15 points in 16 minutes, continues to score at a really high level and can be a streamer for points in deeper formats. While Draymond only had five points, but who cares? 10 rebounds, eight assists, one steal. Poor percentages, but otherwise okay. We still have to see how um, John Kaminga ends up fitting in. Not John Kaminga. Um, James Wiseman ends up fitting into this rotation. I don't believe that he'll be a 12-team league guy, but the path for him being that, you can see it. I just don't think that it's going to happen necessarily. Well, Nemanja Bielica had eight points with two triples. And uh, remember after that, remember first game where he's putting up those big numbers? And uh, yeah, didn't didn't continue pretty obviously. Let's look at the top players in fantasy for today before we get out of here. Um, nine category leagues, Miles Turner at one, Paulie George at two, Big Chungus at three, Miles Bridges at four, Reggie Jackson five, Van Vliet at six, Halliburton seven, Goose Anthony Edwards at 8, Al Horford at 9, and the swimmer Jordan Poole at number 10. And if we look to um, if we look to deeper leagues, we've got Nick Batum. These are under 50% rostered. Batum, eh, he's a streamer. Beverly, I think, is a rosterable guy. Devin Vassell, rosterable. Gary Payton, probably not. Alex Len, probably not. Remember, Holmes was ejected. Alec Burks, no. Thad Young, worth an ad. Paddy Mills, streamer. Kevin Herter, no. And uh, Cleveland's Kevin Herter, Dylan Windler, was the 10th best guy ranked under or rostered under 50% of leagues. And I don't think we need to care too much there outside of very deep formats while they are dealing with injuries. And then for points leagues, number one was Nikola Jokic, then Miles Bridges, Miles Turner, Jared Allen, Tyrese Halliburton, DeJounte Murray, Jalen Brunson, Kevin Durant, DeMar DeRozan, and Luka Doncic. And that will do it for me today. After 11 games, I'm buggered. We're going to get out of here. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. But if you're here on YouTube, thumb me up, one, one on each side. Drop a comment down below. Ring the notification bell. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.